Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Yas FM. You're with Kath Kovac on Women's Voices, uh, the weekly program when I talk to women from all over different parts of Australia, uh, talking about their work, their life, um, and the really interesting things that they do, and just getting more women's voices on the radio and out there. So I hope you're all having a great day here on Yas FM. And this morning, I am talking to Samantha Lee, who hails from Batemans Bay. And Samantha is a lover of cacao. Now, some people, uh, when I say the word cacao, might think of cocoa and think, well, what's that? <laughs> so we're going to demystify what cacao is versus cocoa today um, with Sam. And we're also going to talk about... Um, the ceremonial aspects of cacao because it's quite an ancient sort of thing going back a long way, which Sam knows a lot more about than I do. So we're going to talk about that today. So how are you, Sam? Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Kath. I'm good. So tell us, Sam, um, just first of all, just uh, explain to people um, what actually is cacao and what do you do with it? Cacao, we, we know now as chocolate um, and then us Westerners have now called it ceremonial cacao to bring in the difference between what they are. And ultimately the difference is the process that they go through in making um, ceremonial cacao and chocolate um, or cocoa powder, as you just mentioned before. So chocolate and cocoa powder go through a extensive process, um, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later, but it is, not ethically traded at all, um, but we will. That's a whole nother part that we can undo a little bit later. The process of ceremonial cacao is that these uh, these trees. So their cacao is a big tree that grows these gorgeous big pods, and inside of the pods is a nice, beautiful white, juicy flesh. Um, we peel back all of the flesh from the white. Um, parts of it and then inside you'll actually find a bean where then they're put into these crates they're fermented um, the fermentum fermentation process is quite a hot process so they're completely left to ferment um, once that process has done they're left out to dry and then they are roasted um, the roasting can happen from sun drying them or from lightly roasting them on uh, a stovetop or a a a fire um, traditionally, and then they're ground by hand. So, as you can hear, it is quite a laborious process. Um, just doing it by hand, so all parts of the process of ceremonial cacao are done by hand. Um, even from chopping them down out of the trees, they're done with a machete. So that is ceremonial cacao. Um, and what would, is the um, so what is the difference between that cacao and the cocoa that we would call it? Is it that it's made chocolate out of? Is it the same plant? It is the same plant. Yes. It the difference is the processing that it goes through. Um, so with chocolate, cocoa, um, it goes through a machinery, it goes through machinery um, and then it has a lot of additives. So we have our dairy added in, we have sugar added in um, 
And then, <clears throat> pardon me, ultimately when we end up with about 3 to 8% of the cacao bean left in cocoa. And how much of it uh, is in cacao then? 100%. Oh, right. Okay. So totally Nothing pure. is added. Yeah. Mm. Nothing is added to ceremonial cacao at all. Um, yeah. The, the whole process, the ceremonial cacao is raising the trees, fermentation, drying them out, roasting them, and then grinding them down into a paste, um, which is how we, you'll notice that different people serve ceremonial cacao in blocks uh, where you can carve it yourself or they'll put them into little molds. Mm. But they don't have anything in it. It is 100% cacao. Mm. And are they grown um, sort of in the same places? Like, yeah, do they so come this from is... the same places? Uh, there are different origins of. Um, we're definitely finding now that there are a lot more countries where it's coming from, but um, it comes from the Mesoamerican um, culture originally. Um, they, the biggest aspect of now finding where the tree is sourced ethically. A lot of it comes from the way that it's grown um, in what you were just saying there. And they, the trees are about 10 to 12 metres tall. To be honest, I'm not exactly sure how long it takes for them to get to that stage, but I know that it is not a long period. Um, then the tree will create fruit for the whole year round and throughout the year and the season changes, as we know, it, it's dramatically changing all the time. It actually changes the colour of the pods and it changes the flavour of the cacao beans. Um, so the soil that it's grown in, um, the weather, all of those parts actually change the flavours of the cacao and that's why we find that different cacao beans taste different. Um, another thing is that the cacao tree is happiest when it's grown in shade from other trees. So it's a community plant. Um, and when it's not grown in a community and in a, a shaded environment, we find that the cacao bean actually has an acidic kind of taste to it. Um, and that is a lot of the reason why the chocolate companies add so much sugar to take away from that taste, but still keep that slightly roasted chocolate there. Mm. So the the trees grown that are you're saying are for the chocolate for the mechanical harvesting that kind of thing they're not grown in that same kind of like community planting environment. They're more of a not, monoculture kind of thing, would they be? Yes, most definitely. Mm. Yeah. So um, on Yes FM, we're talking with uh, Samantha Lee about ceremonial cacao. So. Uh, Sam, what can you tell us about the the history of ceremonial cacao? Okay. The history of ceremonial cacao is, it's a long one. It's been around for thousands of years um, and it's actually very hard to find for how long. Um, lots of people have different variables of how long that they think that it has been around for. Um, some dating back to the Babylonians um, and some dating back further. The uh, cacao was used as a currency for many years um, and it was actually just a food source 
at one stage and then something shifted um, and it turned into food of the gods. So it was only hierarchies, warriors, um, queens and kings and leadership that were allowed to to drink cacao. Um, then we went through, they went through the um, Spanish invasion and they had monks that had also closely watched by. They started to drink it out into the hinterlands. Um, European culture started to click on to how beautiful this, this plant medicine was and they had demanded that uh, cacao was no longer to be drunk by anyone in the jungle. So monks were no longer allowed to drink cacao um, and it was taken away from the Mayan culture. As, as much as they possibly could, they, they chopped back trees and withdrew a lot of that. And that's where they started to, to add the sugars to it because then we had other parts of Europe that believed that it was too bitter. So they started adding sugar, they started um, implementing heat and all of these different mechanisms to alter what the plant medicine was. Um, for the Mayans, though, they've, they, from the invasion, they were told to no longer share their medicine and what the medicine meant to their culture. And I know, Kath, that you were at a, a recent gathering, um, the Beltane, and I spoke into about the, the Mayan calendar having 5,000 years and in theirs, um, it states that in 2012 that it was great importance that they um, begin to share their knowledge on the plant medicine and to start sharing it um, to the larger community because they believe that it would help support and raise the vibration for the world. Um, as we know, 2012 was stipulated very differently between lots of different texts of what was going to happen, but for the Mayan in particular, they believe that it was of great importance to start sharing the medicine. Mm. And so is this the sage then that that the, cer- the idea of having a ceremony of drinking cacao then came more into uh, popular culture at around about that time? Yes, most definitely. So um, the word cere- like ceremonial cacao is non-existent in mind culture. Um, it has never been believed to be a ceremony. It has been a food. It's been a food source and an ally. Um, as I mentioned, for thousands of years, it was never looked at as as a ceremony. And a I know with what's happening with ceremonial cacao, I, I feel like I see a lot of people talking about you must be sitting in this way and you must have this and you must do that and you can't. Uh, blend or add milk or all of these little things when really that's not what the medicine is about. Um, the medicine of cacao is about being with the plant and understanding the plant and nurturing and honouring where the plant comes from and what it's doing to our bodies, um, all three of the bodies, the physical, the emotional and that spiritual body. And um, so can you tell us then what are the kind of things that, that are happening to 
the physical, the emotional, the spiritual body, um, or at least from your experience, when you um, take cacao? Yeah, of course. Um, to my first, my first encounter with ceremonial cacao was that I was trying to ditch coffee, and I had heard along the grapevine that ceremonial cacao was really great. All my life, I had never believed that I got a coffee crash. I just thought coffee tasted great, and it was that was what I went with. So when I had cacao, I realised that. I do, in fact, get a coffee crash. Um, when I had cacao, my energy stayed stable. Um, there was no drop. I had the same energy that I had when I first started drinking to 5 o'clock that afternoon. The energy was stable. I didn't feel depleted. I didn't have this dramatic drop, um, which was when I re- – and then I had drunk a cup of coffee couple of days later and realized oh wow I actually get a crash which I'd never noticed before so that was kind of where my journey started and why I got really interested in why why was that happening um, <clears throat> and in short form it's because uh, ceremonial cacao has a a sister molecule you could call it it's called therabrine um, it's a sister molecule of caffeine. However, caffeine and therabrine are different in the way that it affects the body. Um, therabrine is activating and energizing, where caffeine is more stimulating. Um, so the caffeine will thin and rush all of those hormones out to give us that um, that bit of energy. And as we know, it, it lasts for a very short time. And then we, we feel either like a craving that we need more or we just feel depleted, where therobrine relaxes the vessels to the heart and helps strengthen the beat, um, which in turn helps push all of um, all of the components through the body, which I'll, I'll mention in short. We have iron, which is the highest plant form of iron. The, the amount of iron that is in ceremonial cacao per gram in comparison to red meat is more. We actually have more mm. iron in ceremonial cacao than red meat per gram, which I just find absolutely fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah, um, which is another reason why a lot of women will crave chocolate during the menstrual cycle mm. because their their body is used to um, a type of ceremonial cacao. Ultimately, their DNA may recognize that. And it knows that iron will support the smooth muscle tissue um, during that time. So we also have mag- it's the highest plant form of magnesium and antioxidants, which again we know help to um, scavenge all those free radicals and replenish the body. Ultimately, um, it has calcium in it, a natural calcium. So the calcium that is in ceremonial cacao is, again, higher than dairy. So we have potassium and we also have zinc. Um, So all of these things, and this is why we refer to it as a heart medicine. Um, Ceremonial cacao is often called the heart medicine, and that is because of all of these physical components that are supporting the heart and the cardiovascular as well as everything else in our body. Mm, it sounds like a, a, a really true uh, superfood, as they call them. 
Yeah, most definitely. Um, and that's just the, that's the way that it affects the physical body. When we talk about the emotional body, um, I find this as well fascinating and I keep turning back to why has cacao she's been my ally for a short time only four years and I kind of reflect sometimes and I go why why is she always there why why does it always feel like I'm supported and held and it's just been this constant um plant ally that I've that I've really fallen in depth with and again I I went into the reasons why that's happening so for our emotional body it contains MAO inhibitors and they're responsible for breaking down a number of our neurotransmitters um, including serotonin and dopamine which so that means that it increases the messenger substance to the brain Um, the there's been a lot of studies around what's happening to our brain when we we drink ceremonial cacao and a lot of the um, things that have been highlighted through MRI scans of people that have had ceremonial cacao is that it boosts their happiness hormones so serotonin their bliss chemicals their love molecules their mood enhancing amino acids and oxytocin um, which is our bonding hormone. So it has all of these molecules and amino acids and um, chemical enhancing hormones towards the plant that it also stimulates all those feelings of love and open-heartedness and bliss, really, um, Mm. because, because of that. Mm. And um, what about the um, of the energetic? So yeah, level? then the energetic. Yeah, I the energetic level. I think I another another thing that I I feel like I've been sitting a lot with lately is it so much of our energetic level or is it so much that we're not used to our bodies feeling this emotional and physical height that our spiritual body just feels a lot more held? For me, I I think when it comes to the spiritual body, you can only really speak from a personal place. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a bit hard to, to speak on everyone else's spiritual experience, but I think one of the most important things as well is that, um, Ceremonial cacao has psychoactive um, components. And when I say psychoactive, I mean mental clarity, consciousness, um, mood and emotional enhancing abilities um, rather than the psychedelic, um, which is the altering of. So because we have that psychoactive component working for me personally, every time I drink cacao, I feel, I feel held. I feel seen. And when I say seen, I could be by myself with cacao and I just feel like I have this extra step and I have this knowing within me of how to take the next step. And I've met with cacao in many different emotional parts of my life over the last four years and 
I've never walked away from cacao and not felt better. Powerful, powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember where you were, the situation surrounding your first time of having cacao? Yeah, the the first times, as I mentioned, were mainly because of the coffee um, and trying, yeah, trying to get rid of the coffee. The first time sitting in, I guess, a spiritual sense and just really sitting and being rather than doing. Um, I I remember being very emotional. I remember feeling very emotional and not quite understanding why there was so many tears. Um, but the tears felt nice where I, I'm personally not a crier. So when I start crying, I'm like, oh, no, something's really wrong. <laughs> um, but, in fact, it was like the first time that I went, oh, wow, this feels good. This feels really nice and I needed to let all of that baggage go. And like I mentioned before, it's like I have this extra this extra um, bounce in my step. Mm. Mm. I know that you recently had sat in ceremony when you were overseas. How yep. was your experience with cacao? Yeah, so um, for people who haven't uh, drunk cacao um, – it's a, it's not like drinking a hot chocolate. <laughs> it's not very it's very bitter. Um, I find it very bitter, and um, the only times I've had it before um, on my recent experience in Spain was um, at two other kind of like I guess cacao sort of ceremonies um, where there was sweetener available, and I must admit I took advantage of that. So. <laughs> I put honey. Uh, yeah. I think one of the ones was um, one was honey, and one was um, not sugar, but one of those syrupy things that's like sugar, and um, yeah. <laughs> not honey, and um, <laughs> to to make it drinkable. And I must say, I didn't really sort of because um, because yeah, it didn't. We'll get back to that, but uh, it didn't really. I must say, made me feel very much only then just go oh. You know, what is the yeah. stuff? But the third, the most recent time, yeah, um, because it was more just a definite kind of space set up to experience that sort of cacao in, in company and there was no sweetener offered. And I had heard that, uh, I don't know how much truth this is, Sam, um, you'll know, but um, that when you do put sweeteners in, does it somehow detract from the um, the power or the, the, not power, but the, you know, all those, all those positive kind of like outcomes from having cacao, are are those um, in any way affected by putting sweetener in the cacao? So this is, yeah, this seems to be another trending thing that I find a lot. And um, as, as you sat in ceremony with me at Beltane, I spoke a lot about uh, it's not about how you sit with cacao. It's about being present and honouring the plant. Um, and it is a plant medicine. So anyone that has connected with the plant medicine, sometimes people will refer to it as a placebo effect because it's a lot of belief. Um, however, I, I strongly agree that it is the plant medicine, but um, each to their own. The adding of adding of sugars and things in... Um, 
it's hard because you're not going to meet it. You're not going to meet cacao with full intention if the whole time you're drinking it, you're going, "Oh, this is not this is not a fun time." Um, you, you, your your mind's going to be elsewhere, isn't it? It's not really going to be like, "Oh, this feels nice. It feels nurturing." And to be honest, when I first met with cacao, I was adding honey, and uh, in fact, the Mayans use honey. That was one of the first. Um, one of the first scriptures that they had written about what they were adding to was honey and corn. Mm. So um, the cacao pod inside of the pod actually looks like corn and corn is a huge part of um, their spiritual being for Mayan culture. Uh, Adding sugars and things, no, I don't think that it's going to change your experience. I don't think that at all. I don't believe that. Um, I do, however, always suggest to lean away from cow's milk and uh, processed sugar. And the reason for that is because of all the exploitation and the corruption and all of the challenges that ceremonial cacao has endeavoured because of the, um, the dairy industry and the the processed sugar and both res- as, as well respecting that the dairy industry and processed sugar have also got a history and their story and ultimately when you're mixing these plant medicines that that's the biggest thing is that all these plants have their own story when you go into that spiritual sense of connecting with a um with a plant medicine you can't connect to a plant without understanding first understanding its story. So if you're adding honey, you would be honouring the honey that's also added in there. I know I I, I always um, offer to when I do one-on-ones is adding in coconut sugar because coconut sugar is quite sweet and it really lifts and it takes it from that bitter. And I, I did realise at uh, Beltane that it was something that I had – forgotten to mention <laughs> to everyone before they drank and I asked once everyone took their first sip I was like oops I forgot that there's people that haven't drunk cacao before <laughs> so yeah I don't I don't think that you can do wrong I mean people add plant milks and all of that I think the most important thing is not about what you're adding but about how you're meeting with the plant mm. yeah beautiful yeah. Um, and so uh, on SFM here, I'm talking to uh, Samantha Lee about cacao and cacao ceremonies. So tell us, Sam, uh, when did you or what was it about um, experiencing cacao and um, or as you describe it, meeting with the um, plant to make you decide to then hold uh, these kinds of ceremonies with other people or I didn't realise that you did one-on-one sessions as well. So what kind of led you to to decide to take that extra step in sharing with other people? Um, Again, big question. (laughs) Um, I think ultimately it it reflects back on my experience of going through challenges um, and realising how much of an ally this plant was. I've always – I've always – loved alternate medicine um i've always i've always loved being in 
in space and being held in these spiritual manners. Um, and I think once I understood all of the, not only the spiritual side of cacao, but I know that a lot of people, when they are in a, a distressed state or going through something in life, that they actually need physical components. And then knowing that that this beautiful drink um offers all of these physical components, the iron, magnesium, antioxidants, all of those parts, and then all of that emotional body, all of those, the, the serotonin, the oxytocin, all of those stimulations uh, for the brain, it really, it held me so much that I just felt like, I could. how could I not share? How could I not share... Um, the ability that this plant medicine has to hold you in a psychoactive way to give that mental clarity to help um, enhance our mood and our emotions. It, it, for me, it was kind of a no-brainer, but it was also as well, which I, I've reflected on, the, the parts that our modern society, unfortunately, is shaping this plant medicine into you must do this or you can't meet with the plant. I just, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So I really wanted to have my voice um, holding space with cacao to share that she doesn't care about if you've added sugar or milk. She cares about um, supporting and holding and changing that vibration. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so can you um, perhaps, Sam, then uh, for people who've not even, are not even sure um, what it means to take part in yep. ceremony, because I think many people in this day and age actually haven't. It's one of the things that's, that's very often missing from modern life. Um, could you describe for the listeners here on SFM what actually does happen when you do prepare and then run a, a cacao ceremony for people who come? Yeah, sure. I <clears throat> good point that a lot of people haven't sat within that space. And it's fascinating really because for so many years, like even now we sit and we gather at a table to share food um, and ultimately that's what it is, is, is sharing this drink and it's it's called a kotsi rather than a ceremony. In traditional Mayans, um, they refer to it as a kotsi and that, that simply means to sit and to drink and to share. So for me, when I hold space, it's, I am holding the space for for my, either my one-on-one clients or in group settings for everyone to be able to express how they're feeling and the emotions that are running through their body rather than me doing any of the talking. Um, everyone has, has the opportunity to shape the environment that they want to be in. It's not – I know that a lot of people hear the word ceremony and think, oh, it's – um, it's like a, a preaching or a religious concept or um, it's, it's got to be, you know, that woo-woo kind of thing. And it's really not. We've we've that shared food as medicine for thousands of years. That's where pharmaceutical med- medicine come from, is from plants. It's just we're 
constantly changing. So when sitting in a one-on-one um, or even in a circle, I guess they're, they're very much the same. First, it's the introduction to the plant, um, the history and all of that that side of it. Then we would, we do a, I, I hold a seven direction prayer. And with this seven direction prayer, um, it's just giving thanks and gratitude for our directions, for the east, the north, the west, the south, um, above, below and within. Um, and then we, we transition into drinking, um, and the way that we drink can be different, but it is always an embodiment of uh, admiring how it tastes or, as you mentioned, it doesn't taste great, but also appreciating that this is the taste. And that's why when I hold ceremony, I don't share sweetness just because I I also like to to make it known of what, the plant medicine is, especially if it's your first meeting, of that this is its real core foundation. Um, and I think that it's important to to know what it tastes like without the sweetener as well. And sometimes it does make you go, oh, maybe I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's another part of drinking cacao as well is that we we acknowledge if plant communication in the way that if we feel that we shouldn't be drinking, then maybe we shouldn't be drinking. Mm. Um, and that's that's how I work with cacao. I don't wake up every morning and go, routine, got to have my cacao. Sometimes I won't have cacao for weeks, and that's because my body's just saying no. Um where other days I'll be thinking about it all day and it gets to the night and I'm like, oh, I probably won't have cacao because for me it can be a stimulant unless I'm really set on winding down. Um, so I, I, I don't drink cacao often of a night time. And, yeah, it's really listening to the plant medicine. Um, from there I would go into a – after sipping, we'll have a chat again to talk about anything that may have come up the taste, um, maybe there was an experience that was had. I know at Beltane we went through the chakras um, and we worked with the colours that may flow easily um, through these areas. And then from that, if I were in a smaller setting, I would talk about why those colours are flowing easier, why they may feel blocked um, and kind of debunk a little bit of that, and it might give a bit more clarity before going and dropping into a deeper meditation where we will completely disconnect with the reality of life and just have a an intentional rest, I guess you could call it, and then coming out of that. And I feel like every time someone comes out from that deep meditation, it's like this big sigh of relief, like something has lifted and changed and shifted and a thought has come that they hadn't even, that was so almost so obvious that they can't believe that they hadn't thought of it earlier. Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. So with, with all the things it does then, I guess you'd say that cacao really facilitates uh, that meditative state, makes it a little bit easier for people? 
Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And to be honest, Cacao has only just started working at that at that point, which I find great because it's it's just starting to hit the blood vessels and the brain and the, the heart and all of that. So it's only just started to implement all those things, which has then helped to stimulate that thought pattern that's happened during that meditation. And then it's going to be constantly running through their body for the rest of the day while they've already got this thought in mind. And then um, I know Holly uses as me here now. It's a It's a great concept to keep checking in on how you feel at different parts of the day and all of the new ideas and um, mental clarity that's come from that throughout the day. Mm. So it's kind of like almost the, I guess, the polar opposite of coffee in that uh, I'm imagining if people had a cacao, you know, in the morning, you have your coffee and then you get ready and wash off to work or whatever it is that you do. You don't have your coffee and then just sit. Whereas with cacao, that is exactly what you would would need to do so it's not the kind of thing you just sort of have a drink of and then keep going you really need to probably incorporate that that sitting time afterwards and and that really brings I guess the mindfulness kind of aspect you know into the cacao as well doesn't it like that's kind of um which is almost the point of it yeah um It's, yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. However, I think as well, even if you are in a rush, um, you can still set the, I mean, I can, I'm a busy mum with two kids and sometimes it's not as easy as sitting down. It it sounds like a dream life to be able to sit down every time I meet with cacao, but sometimes it really is quickly in the blender and into my cup and on the way to school and please give me energy and (laughs) make me survive the day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sometimes it's not as as luxurious as sitting down and and taking that mindfulness moment. I will – Ultimately, if you're wanting the spiritual aspect of it and you're wanting these epiphanies that come from um, cacao support, then yes, I would most definitely sit down and listen. However, I I don't think that it's strict in that you need to stop. Sometimes, as I said, you can be running out the door and and through that day, you're just going to get all those physical components. Mm. Yeah, because you were um, saying it's it's um, a very like much a health um, yeah. food with lots of um, great um, constituents that that help help our help our bodies and help our physiological kind of system um, with that yeah. support. Um, on Yes yeah. FM, it's quarter to eleven, and you've been we've been talking with uh, Samantha Lee about uh, cacao ceremony. So, for people Sam who might be interested in in you know getting some having a go of of drinking cacao, even if just for the health benefits, um, and never mind sort of bringing you know a lot of ceremony into it or meditation or any of those things. Um, where sort of do people get this? Because I don't think you can just, you know, get it at Woolies. And and how do you actually prepare it? Okay. Um, so ceremonial cacao is – it's really important to find that you are finding someone that's ethically trading. Uh, a lot of, as we talked about, the history of chocolate and 
what has happened to these farmers. I'll touch very briefly on what the reason why trading is so important and making sure that you find someone that is ethically trading. Um, the, the, the trade is ultimately run by slavery. 80% of the world's cacao crops are grown on the Ivory Coast of Africa and none of which can say that they are not slave-driven. That's 80% of the world's cacao crops. Mm. The farms make average 1,000 to 2.7 thousand a year. So at most, they're making $5 a day, which would need to support six to 10 people on that farm. Mm. That is what the trading, uh, like that, that's a trading minimum. That's not including people that are not trading to what the minimum is. But as a minimum, that is awful, mm. absolutely awful. Mm. Um, and these aren't, these aren't normal Australian working weeks. They're not nine to five, five days a week. These are 12 hour days, seven days a week, no days off. Um, so, I say the most important thing when meeting with cacao is not about how you sit with her or how you make it. It's most importantly how you're finding and resourcing. And that does ultimately come down to asking where does the, where do the, where are the crops? Um, what are they in an, like a, um, community environment? As I mentioned, they like being in that shaded happier area. That's another way that you'd be able to tell that the flavours of their cacao have definitely not been sweetened. Um, There's multiple. uh, Thankfully, in Australia, we have a lot of uh, small businesses, and I always say small businesses because small businesses are usually the ones that care more about the ethical side of it. Um, For instance, I use the Cacao Club. I use Australian Ceremonial Cacao, so they're starting the heart. that's who I use when I am in ceremony in uh, for groups of people or my one-on-one. Um, there are a few others that I do not have on the top of my mind, but they're two that I personally use. Oh, and Soma, Soma um, cacao I also use. When preparating, you can use water, um, which is what I would use, but some people like to use plant milks. That's fine as well. Again, I would avoid using the dairy and the artificial sugars. I would lean towards honey or coconut sugar or agave or monk sugar or whatever it may be in the alternate sweetness. Dates are another really great one. Um, and then you can stir a uh, whisk it or stir it on the stovetop at a low heat not bringing it to boil because it will actually burn the cacao and when you burn the cacao it depletes uh the plant from all of the the physical components of its vitamins and minerals that it contains and that's another reason why the chocolate our chocolate uh cabri whatever it may be don't have the um they don't have all of those medicinal factors anymore because they've they've been 
uh, they've been open to heat. So mm. you can do it slowly at a low heat on the stove. Um, you can do it in a little hand blender, stick blender, uh, whatever it may be. Again, you may find that you have a slight depletion in those physical um, components, your minerals and everything because of the heat that comes from the blades, but you should only need to do it for a very short time. So you, you shouldn't have too much of an issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm. So how long do you roughly cook it for? Oh, I re- or heat it, I <laughs> it should really, say. It really <laughs> depends. Um, it really depends. I mean, for me personally, Sometimes it can take me two hours and that's because I'm doing a ritual of intention as I'm cooking at a very slow heat, Um, slow and low. And it's more about me slowly adding intention and I'm doing things and I'm journaling and that becomes part of my ceremony is how long I spend on making it. Or other other times the ceremony could be in how long I sit with it. Um, sometimes if I'm in a rush, I would avoid doing it on the stovetop. Stovetop probably takes five to ten minutes, where a stick blender takes less than a minute. <laughs> mm. So yeah, you can really you can really navigate, and I I think that's where um, the listening to the plant really comes to play. Because, I mean, some days I will add vanilla bean and other days I want to add cayenne pepper. Mm. Um, yeah, these spices that you can add to it, cinnamon or whatever it may be, it really comes to play when you start listening to what the medicine is saying. Um, and by that, listening to the medicine, what does that actually mean in a practical sense? Uh, do you just sort of feel like into your body and think, what do I feel like that this needs adding or how does that work for you? Um, yeah, sometimes sometimes it is the, the sense of stopping and being and listening um, and sometimes it's in the busy chaos of being a mum and hearing in my head, oh, my gosh, why haven't you tried cinnamon in it before? I'm like, oh, okay, that was it. But, like, for me, that is a message. Mm -hmm. And some people would call that their intuition or their inner voice or whatever it may be. But for me, I I believe that that is the plant medicine talking. Mm. Yeah, just paying attention to to anything that that you feel comes up. And and how much should people use? I mean, like, when it comes, it comes as something that looks sort of like a block of solid chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. And you sort yep. of have to cut some how how much should people use when they're making if they decide to try and make cacao at home? Yeah, so uh, a ceremonial dose is between 35 and 40 grams and a daily dose is between 15 and 25 grams. And what would that look um, sort of like a teaspoon, a tablespoon or any rough it, re- it it gets it gets kind of tricky because it really depends on how they've packaged their paste. Uh, for instance, as I mentioned, the Australian ceremonial cacao, they um, serve theirs in little love hearts. So that's one serving. Two of those hearts is a ceremonial dose. The cacao club have a circular ones where you can snap them into quarters. One quarter is a daily dose and 
uh, two quarter or half of the disc is a ceremonial dose. Okay, um, so it's quite easy. It can be quite easy for people to to work out what they need. I I have not seen those. I've only sort of seen a big um, block that looks like about a kilo or two kilos of solid <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> and they can be very messy and very complicated. And while I love them. I only use them for personal ceremony of when I want to spend extra time. Um, and when using those bigger blocks, to be honest, I like most plant medicines. Yes, there is always an outline of what you should have. But again, I follow my intuition mm. um, of what I feel will be used there. The most important thing, though, which I haven't already mentioned, is pregnancy and postpartum is not a contraindication just having a daily dose rather than having a ceremonial dose. I'd avoid a ceremonial dose just because it is so high um, in all of those added extras that, yeah, just always um, veer on the side of caution. So people who are uh, uh, pregnant or breastfeeding, is that what you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. And is there any other people who should be careful to drinking it or is it safe for everyone? And what yeah, about so, kids? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with the pregnant and breastfeeding, um, there is studies that show that it uh, helps with um, lessening the likelihood of developing preeclampsia during pregnancy. It enhances your um, your lactation, so when you're breastfeeding. Um, and in late pregnancy, it is great for helping to release the oxytocin, that love hormone, which help to increase your contraction. So with the second, um, my second born, I actually drank cacao while in labour to help with all of those supporting um, mm. components. Um, who shouldn't be uh, – children, again, I would just be having less of a dose. I would never give a ceremonial dose. I would only ever do a daily dose at the absolute most. So – with my kids, I usually will serve from the same pot that I've made mine and then add a bit of plant milk um, to lessen it down. Right. And that's how my kids love it. And they'll stop drinking it when they don't want any more. The yeah. kids are quite intuitive of knowing what their bodies do and don't want. Yeah. When it comes to people that cannot um, or should not, have ceremonial cacao, there's only one major contraindication and that is people on SSRI antidepressant medications. And that the reason for that is because it may induce serotonin syndrome because an SSRI is a serotonin stimulant and then ceremonial cacao has serotonin um, inhibitors Within it, adding those two, you can overflood the brain with serotonin, uh, which in turn is is not very pretty. Ah, okay. So too much of a good thing, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks so much for talking to us about cacao. Sam, we're actually running out of time. It's almost 11 o'clock. Can you believe it? Perfect. And um, yeah, if people are interested to find out um, more about it uh, or to get in touch with you about um, working with you, how can they find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram under Alchemizing Inner Beauty. Um, and, yeah, everything's on there. I have my web page and everything linked 
through there off the top of my mind. I cannot think of the link page for my website, unfortunately. Oh, that's okay. Um, so, so alchemizing yeah. inner beauty on yeah on Instagram. Well, that's a lovely name too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Sam. Really great um, talking to you. 